Hey, welcome back to another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed with Daddy St. Evan, where we have good conversation with good people. And any good conversation worth having is worth having drunk, or in this case, hungover. Coming at you live from the <laughs> <laughs> well, two of the three of us are coming at you live from the Profit Rocket 2023 Growth Summit in Austin, Texas, and ran into this fascinating individual yesterday at the event. We've actually had Zach on from Power Selling Pros a little bit earlier, but just found out he's a three-time best-selling author. Brought us a copy of his book <laughs> as well. I didn't find that out yesterday. Maybe I did and I forgot, but it's, it's something to give, a journey to becoming a leader worth following. So I think that will be a fun topic to get into. Another fun topic, obviously, of what you guys do at Power Selling Pros. So now a word from our sponsors in no particular order, Chirp, Real-Time 360 and On-Purpose Media. Now, have you ever wanted to add $42,000 in revenue to your business in a month? Or how about just an additional 80000 in the first 14 days? Well, now you can with Chirp. Chirp is the ultimate automation toolbox for home service pros. It helps you capture more leads, connect faster, and close more deals. Direct integrations with Service Titan, Health Pro, etc. What I like, automated text messages emails, ringing us voicemails, even direct mail, rehash programs. The list goes on and on and on. Get 25% off your first three months by going to chirp.com forward slash HSSR. Real-time 360. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools and agencies owning all your logins? Yeah, that sucks. Well, say goodbye to the frustration and take control of your marketing with Real-Time 360. Streamline reviews, automate social media, engage customers with live chat, and track your success all in one place. Join the revolution and power your success with Real-Time 360. Are you tired of having your marketing companies not do what they say they're going to do? Well, Turn on Purpose Media. They are a digital marketing agency that specializes in helping home service companies with their internet marketing. If you want a free, no obligation marketing analysis where they do a deep dive into your marketing, hit them up at onpurposemedia.ca forward slash marketing dash analysis. That's our quick and short intro. So why don't you tell us about your journey into Power Selling Pros? I'm glad you asked. So about 15 years ago, 2008 happened. You guys are familiar with 2008. Well, that had nothing to do with a failure. <laughs> Zero. I had this idea. I was building this advertising company and I had a, a friend that said, Hey, I've got this manual J. I don't know if you guys are familiar with manual J. Yeah, of course. We work with Mars HVAC solutions. <laughs> and that's all they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he had this software that he said could uh, do a manual J, an accurate manual J in four minutes or less Oh shit. without ha having to measure the home. And I I bought into that and said, wow, that's going to be great. And he's like, you know what? We should merge. We should do this amazing software and we should also do this. Some of the things you're doing, some advertising. I said, all right, let's do it. The thing went kaput in like four months. And and yes, 2008 kind of compiled it, but. I was going to say you launched it in 2008. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can remember one day where I, I woke up, I looked at my wife and I said, please don't make me go to work. Not that she was making me go to work, <laughs> just that I didn't want, I just. I couldn't do it anymore. Right. So I drove up to the office and I just decided to keep on driving to the edge of the city. In fact, this was in Lakeland when I lived in Lakeland, Florida. And there's a Barnes & Noble at the edge of the city there. And I go into the, go into the uh, Barnes & Noble and I go straight up to the sales section and I, and I buy a, a book written by Jeff Gittimer. And Jeff Gittimer is one of the best Legendary sales people. Right? Yep. Yeah. So I bought a CD too. Remember? Yep. Remember those CDs? Absolutely. Throw them in your car. So I started listening to them in my car and within about a minute or two, I almost want to turn it off. He sounded so cheesy, <laughs> right? You gotta, be, you gotta be positive, you gotta be amazing, right? And all that stuff. And I just thought, wow, this is just way too much for me. And he said, and if you think this is too much, you should just give this to your friend and watch them get rich and happy. And it was interesting because I, I eventually ended up, not literally, but it felt like it, crawling, crawling back to Utah where, where I live now. And I was living in my brother-in-law's basement on a cot while my family was still back in Florida while I was still trying to figure things out. And after the second day where I woke up in the morning, 
just thinking about things. And I was reading and studying and, and I'll tell you guys, I was praying my guts out too, just doing everything I could to get out of this slump. And I drew the first version of the pattern for excellence, which is the tool that we use at PowerSling Pros to help people book calls, wow customers, and, and of course make more money over the phone, right? Phone call comes in, that doesn't mean that you're making money. You've got to actually book it while wow, that mm -hmm. customer, so that when they hang up, they don't call anybody else. You're 911, there's no 912, help us on the way, right? Mm -hmm, right? That's the goal, that's our objective. Well, I drew the first version of that and I didn't really know what I was gonna do with it. I was like, okay, cool, eight principles, one outcome. You wanna win the moment, that's the outcome. And just kind of thinking about things. And I had a few old acquaintances. One of them was Troy Nearings of Nearings Plumbing and Heating. And he and I were talking about doing some advertising and we, we started doing some advertising for a little bit. I was brokering for an ad agency. They couldn't hire me, but they'd pay me if I made some sales. So I was just trying to make ends meet. So Troy brings me in and says, hey, your, your leads are no good, man. And I said, what do you mean my leads are no good? Well, they just want a ballpark price. They just want to know your charges come out. They just want to talk to a technician. And I was like, well, Troy, those are opportunities. Those are, those are leads. You shouldn't fire me. You should actually double down on this. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't book these calls. And I said, well, you need to train your team to do it. And he said, would you train them? And I said, absolutely, I'll train them. Of course, I just wanted to keep the account. And we were able to increase his call conversion by like 20%. About a month later, I got a call from Tom Robichaud, owner of Precision Plumbing in Boulder, Colorado. And he said, hey, I hear you're working with Troy's team. This is how it always works in this industry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it works for one, all of a sudden everybody else knows, right? I was like, hey, what's up, Tom? And he's like, hey, I want you to do my training for my CSRs. And I said, cool, but I need to do your advertising. And he's like, well, no, I've got that covered, but I'll pay you to train my CSRs. Of course, the light bulb came up over my head. I was like, oh, I could actually do this for a living. And so I started working with him. Same thing happened. We increased his call conversions. Next thing you know, the two of them got together and we're talking about how do we help Brigham grow his business? This is amazing. These guys are so awesome. That's how the industry is, right? Mm -hmm. They rally around you. They referred me to a guy named Micah Gugliero, gold yep. medal, East Brunswick, New Jersey. And Mike said, if this works for me, Brigham, we're going to blow this thing out of the water. And it wasn't <laughs> yep. thing, the word he used. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I'm like, all right, cool. And sure enough, it worked for him. And next thing I know, I'm hiring all my friends. You guys I don't have a lot of friends. Zach, there's one. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and so, I mean, we were rolling. We were rolling after that. Now it's, we went from training Troy's six CSRs to, you know, uh, over a thousand trainees in our program, hundreds of contractors nationwide. So that's how we started. And, and crushing the results, right? And it's funny when you have one and you get that snowball and you get that spiral. And especially somebody like Mike A. I, I don't try to pronounce his last name. I fuck it up all the time. He's a phenomenal human being. We've had him on our podcast and just a great down to earth. But if he's also loud when something works, which is really good to see. So you mentioned two things, the pattern for excellence, and maybe we'll circle back to that. But yeah. you increase call conversions by 20%. I'm always curious to say, okay, what is the most detrimental thing that somebody is doing on a phone? that takes that call conversion down and makes them a non-bookable lead. So we get complacent. We get used to the calls that are ready to book, whether we treat them well or not, because it actually takes energy to say, hey, tell me more. What's going on? How long has it been doing that? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. You do that eight to 10 hours a day. That it's takes exhausting. a lot of emotional mm -hmm. energy. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot easier to just be like, okay, what's your address? What's your address? What's your address? What's your address? And just to answer their question, customer gets on the phone, they say, hey, what do you charge to come out? We charge X. Okay, thanks, bye. All right, bye. We hear calls like that all the time. It's complacency more than anything else. And if they know somebody's listening to their phone calls and they know that they're going to have a coach that's going to be working with them on a regular basis using their own phone calls, they tend to perform at a much higher level. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that somebody's listening and somebody's going to be working with them. And someone's actually going to measure it. Yep. Performance monitors, performance gained. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
something I find fascinating is how little attention the CSRs get within the office. And I know this is something we talked about with Zach as well yep. when we had him on, but it's often overlooked because so much emphasis is put on sales training mm -hmm. over CSR training, but it is so emotionally draining like you talked about. So when owners are coming in and they don't understand why this is important for them. What is the impact of increasing your booking rate by 20%? I'm glad you asked. So the industry average is around 50%. Correct. If I were to say that to a contractor, they'd be like, no way, that's not happening in my company. Cool. So then I say, let's tell you what, let's say that it's 60%. You give them 10%. If it's a 10%, they say, you're, say you get an average of 30 calls a day, 60% is about 18 calls that you're going to be booking, right? So you got 30 calls, 60% of those calls are booked, it's 18 calls. So at the end of the day, when you do the math, let's say that your average ticket's five. $500. Now I realize on a service call, it may not be 500 bucks, but right. on a replacement call, it's going to be a whole yep. lot higher than that. So let's just say $500 for simple math. Sure. At the end of the day, they're making about 2.2 million off of that money. Now, if we book 85% of our phone calls, now we're booking 25.5 calls instead of 18. Now we're making 3.3 million instead of 2.2 million. Mm -hmm. So it's an extra million dollars. Same, same lead flow different outcome. Yeah. Same marketing cost. Yes. And how often is it that marketing companies get blamed all the fucking time <laughs> for the leads are bad right. and this and that. But the reality is, is that we need to be partners in that arrangement and be able to, to help owners on the operational side as well and make sure that that's all on point. What characteristics do you look for when you're hiring CSRs? Right attitude. They got to have the right attitude because our objective is to set a mindset. If they have the right mindset and they own the process, pattern for excellence. Yep. They're going to crush it. Mm -hmm. They're going to crush it every time. And our goal is to get them to the point where they're comfortable calling out. The phones aren't always calling in. And the last thing we want is for them to do accounting, collections, reading their favorite novel. Okay, we don't want them doing that. We want to incentivize them. We want to train and incentivize them to call out and do, say, for example, replacement rehash. Because mm -hmm. we know how much comfort advisors do that. I mean, not at all. We want them to follow up. They're, they're not. They're always going after the next sale. Right. And that's cool. It's fine. We just yep. had to accept who they are. Yep. But you've got a team of CSRs that we are underutilizing. We are not leveraging right. CSRs in this industry. And if we do it the right way, with the right training, given the right mindset, getting to the point where they're owning their process, boy, we can have them selling service agreements. We can have them renewing service agreements. I mean, we can have them cross-selling if we're doing plumbing and heating. There's so much we can do with them. All we need to do is provide the right training, the right support, and incentivize it. Right. And, and boy, we could turn that call center into a profit center. And I want to go down that road. But one of the things that, because we're going to talk about outbounding and Kevin Lesage just popped up and on the Facebook, CSRs are the first impression of your business in many cases. So important. Couldn't agree more with Brigham. And that's an important distinguishing factor, right? You think about when somebody calls and Michael Torbay went on a big rant about this. And I love it because the worst thing that you can do if somebody calls us, hey, how'd you hear about us? Right off the bat, it's like, no, they don't give a, f they don't care. Their <laughs> AC is broken. They're hot. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, have that empathy approach versus some of the other ways where people answer, right? Like I think of this one person and I call all the time. It's, I don't call them all the time. I shouldn't say I don't go to the doctor's office very often, but when I go and I call, I just, I don't want to, cause she's just not pleasant on the other end of the phone. And now I'm still going to go to that person because we really like him, but if it didn't have a good relationship, probably wouldn't go because of the response that they have on the phone. So key thing. So it's a good point. And transitioning over to the to the calling out, and I think a lot of businesses miss the mark on this because they just think, hey, I'm just going to take what comes in. You look at what we're heading into right now, shoulder season, this is going to be a super, super, super important thing to be able to do. If you get pushback from your CSR team to be able to get them to actually outbound, they might say, well, that's the, that's the, the comfort advisor's job. That's not my job. How do you handle that sort of an objection to be able to get them to the point of understanding the importance of it for their role. 
So the first thing you want to do is create momentum inside the office. And you're right. If you cold turkey say, hey, we're training you to actually call out instead of waiting for calls to come in, they're going to be very uncomfortable with that. But if you can create some momentum in that when calls are coming in and you've given them a skill set, right, a process that they can take and convert a service call into an opportunity to sell a service agreement, right, where you, have, where you agree to serve them over time. And it's very easy to do. You simply look at their notes at the end where you've booked their call, you've wowed them, right? You've already have that connection. And you simply say, hey, Mr. Jones, I'm looking at your notes. I noticed that you don't have a service agreement with us. I'm only asking because we've been out to your home a couple of times over the last year. Why don't you have a service agreement with us? Well, I don't know. But because that relationship is there, the only reason why I ask is because a service agreement, we come out preemptively, we prevent things like this, the thing that you're dealing with right now from happening. So if you wanted, I could also get you on the service agreement. It gives you priority service. It's awesome. If you want, I can get you going on it right now. And then they see how easy it is. And then once they see how easy it is, and then we pay them for that. So step one, it's easy. Step two, we pay them, right? It could be simple, 10 bucks. You guys, if they sell 10 service agreements a day, that's going to change their lives. $10, dude, what is that? hundred bucks a day, hundred dollars a day, hundred dollars a day is what? $500 a week. What's it? What is that? Over 48 weeks. Help me do the math. 24. Lots of money. Yeah. Okay. Changes everything. All right. So I, I added, I need, I didn't add the zeros on there. I just went with 24. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is working a little slow today. You'll have to excuse my friend. <laughs> He's a little, it's slow. a lot of money. <laughs> yes. It's a lot of money. So bottom line is, is you know, the goal is to show them on the inbound calls. Now, once you've created the momentum, they start to see the opportunity. They start to see how they can affect their own income. Then you simply say, Hey, when calls aren't coming in, here's a list, call out. And what you do is you start with a happy call. Hey, how's it going? We were out to your house six months ago. Things going all right? No, things are going fantastic. Awesome. And then you just start talking to them, build that connection again. And if there's an opportunity, provide that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You can cross sell, you can do system rehash, you can do all kinds of things with those customers. But the only way they continue to be your customers is if you're continuing to reach out to them and providing services to them. Otherwise, guess what? They might be using somebody else. You ever go out and you see somebody else's sticker? Doesn't that just drive you bonkers? It would drive me nuts. That would drive me mad. Put your sticker over top of somebody else's sticker. <laughs> oh, that never happens. No, not, not at all. Not in this industry. Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> it happens because we're not doing things like this proactively. And so all we need to do is create a little momentum, show them how easy it is on the inbound calls, and then we give them the, the skill set, the tool set. One and thing that Kevin had mentioned, spiff them, people chase money. Haha, ha, exactly. Uh, in what you're talking about with the incentivizing, my opinion on it is that in people will chase money, but short term. It's not necessarily something that is a great long-term motivator for a lot of individuals. There are some that are bred that way. They love the money. They love chasing it as their motivator, but most well, people aren't. And that's why I love the way that they're approaching it, where yeah. it's, it's easy to do. Yep. We're going to teach you how to do it. And then bam, there's a reward right away right. for it. And that's what the money ends right. up being. Correct. But how, and that's the short term, right? It mm -hmm. gets them on board in the short term. How do you keep them motivated to do it when the money factor wears off their motivation to do it? So that's a really good question. And, and it's true. Some people are not motivated. Sorry. <laughs> Inside joke. Every time I try to get that every show. <laughs> oh, man, that's <a> good question. <laughs> oh, shoot. I should. No, no, you should have known. I should have known. I should have played harder to get. Darn it. That's later. <laughs> so when wh whose job is it to keep the board full? Keep the dispatch board full. Whose job is it? It's the CSR's job. Mm -hmm. My answer is the owner. <laughs> of course, yeah. Right. yeah they should just yeah, You're responsible for everything. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, but if I look, if I'm in the CSR department, I don't want them to be so focused on answering the phones that that's all they do. Correct. I want them to focus in on that dispatch board, make sure it's completely full so our technicians are busy. That's their job. We want them to focus in on that. So what do we do? What we want to do is we want to build a culture 
right? Interesting segue into the book here, right? right. We, we want to build a culture that is running by itself and, and it's motivated by something other than the box outside, right? And I realize this is heating and cooling, but you guys, if say, for example, Zappos can get you drinking the Kool-Aid off of selling shoes, <laughs> we should be able to do it with a system that actually saves lives. Right. I mean, in some cases when it's really hot or really cold, it actually saves lives. So why aren't we creating intuitive purposes inside of our organization, organization so that they're motivated by something that's bigger than them. Right. So, and that's, I'm going to assume that's kind of the basis yeah, of what yeah. you have here. It's part of it. Um, sure. So the eight P's that are on here, is yeah. that your pattern for excellence? The pattern for excellence is in there, but no, okay. this is like after the pattern for okay. excellence. Okay. Let's dive into this versus the Can pattern Can we circle back yeah. on power of excellence really quick? Yeah, let's, sure. let's do it. All right. So what is it? The pattern for excellence? Pattern of excellence. It is a tool. It's, a, it's basically a way to help customers feel wowed. Mm. We want to win that moment. So here's the thing. If a CSR is armed with a pattern for excellence, it is not only going to affect the way that they talk to the customer over the phone. They're, the way they interact with their family mm -hmm. is going to change. Mm -hmm. you know, their spouse is going to say, hey, there's something different here. There's something going on. You're actually listening to me more often. You're more empathetic. You're more caring. I, you're, you ask more questions. I just love it. The kids are like, hey, this is so fantastic. I like the new you, right? You're amazing, mom. Even our coaches get feedback from their family all the time. So the cool thing about pattern for excellence is, is that you have the ability to practice this skill set, this tool set over and over and over again for eight to 10 hours. And then you, you're able to take it home. Why? Because it's a set of principles, mm -hmm. right? We're focused on positive attitude. We're focused on preparation, listening, caring, reassuring, asking the right questions, creating value, being grateful. You master that set of principles, you're going to win the moment, not mm -hmm. just at work, but at home as well. So a little something on the complete picture. You, it's that purpose, right? And Stephanie Gorton was the one on LinkedIn who mentioned this, right? Align them with purpose and give them investment in the big picture. Have fun, guys. Oh, don't worry. We will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> already have. But really, that's that's it, right? When you have a purpose-driven, when you have a bigger mission, something that is bigger than themselves to buy into, and the purpose is nuanced to each individual person in a sense, right? But you have the bigger mission of the company, but then the bigger mission of the individual to be able to get them in, bought into that. Now you're going to create that movement that you need with inside the organization to get them to do their outbounding. Exactly. Yeah. Diving into the book here. Yes. Well, and, and I like how, even how the, the table of contents is set up here with the foundation, the work and the future, breaking down those eight P's into sections because bite-sized information, right? Helps people retain it more. So Walk us through the foundation first. Yeah. So the reason why I wrote the book is I've been going to events for the last 15 years. And at every one of those events, the speaker inevitably says, you need to work on your business instead of in your business. But they don't have the time or the wherewithal to explain step by step how to do that. Everyone quotes Michael Gerber, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was quite, I was using that book as reference to somebody last night in a conversation. As a matter of fact, yeah. how about that? Well, so... My intention in this book was to take them step by step how to do that. Right. And obviously the first thing in there is a purpose. You've got to have a reason why you do what you do that's bigger than any one individual. Correct. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And then you've got to have a pattern. Of course, that's when I talk about the pattern for excellence, right? That's where it comes in. And you definitely need to exude those principles as a leader. But then you've got to go beyond that. And one of those things is, is that you've got to be willing to accept responsibility when you mess up. So people often, when you hear the word weakness, you think that's weakness. But it's, it's actually not. When you're able to say to one of your employees, hey, this thing happened yesterday. It's on me. It's my fault. I messed up. Here are the things I'm going to do to correct what happened. And I apologize. When you take ownership of that, it's interesting how often we get upset when our team doesn't take ownership. Okay. Why do you think that might be happening? Do we need to look in the mirror and decide whether or not 
we take responsibility when something goes down or are we constantly point the finger at everything else that's going down or at everybody else right the essence is when something goes right it's them doing it when something goes wrong it's our fault yeah right? and that's taking that on the chin as a leader and i think a lot of people still miss that mark so that's one of the first things you've got to do yep Second, you want to sit down with each of your employees because they are going to be motivated differently, right? There's going to be different things that they want to do with their lives. And if you don't sit down with them and find out what they want to do with their lives, guess what? They're going to go elsewhere, mm -hmm. especially your best employees. I mean, we were talking earlier about how to keep an employee for in the Gen Z. It is not easy, right? It is not easy. You've got to sit down with them and you've got to dream with them, right? Talk about what they want to do, how they want to do it, where they want to go, and how, how quickly they want to get there. If you do this with your office staff, you'll be surprised, be amazed at what they're wanting to do with their lives. Now, your objective is to begin to place them in specific roles where you're wanting to step out. Now, there might be times where you're like, nobody can do what I can do. I'm never going to be able to step out. But you guys, in order to grow your business, you've got to learn to get out of the limelight. I've had a hard time, a journey doing the same thing because nobody does it as well as I do it. You know what I mean? What you do is you write down everything you do on a day-to-day -day basis on a sticky. Just one stick at a time. This is one task. This is another task. This is another task. And then what you do is you take those stickies and you put them on your wall. You don't take them off your wall until you've delegated it out mm. to somebody else. I love mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's taking the buyback your time from Dan Martell. He does that as a principle of doing that. But I like that extra step of, hey, let's put it on the wall. You have to look at it yeah. every day. The thing is, is we never got into business to work 80 hours a week. Mm -hmm. This isn't, dude, I find so many contractors where they say to me, at their desk, right? This wasn't what I planned. <laughs> no shit. This wasn't what I had in mind when I stopped being a technician and started being a business owner. And I said, well, well, yeah. And it's because you believe that nobody else, nobody else can do it better than you can in your company. And that's why you're messing, you're, you're fiddling with the dispatch board and you're fiddling with the, the install crew and you're fiddling with the CSRs and you're fiddling with the technicians and you're fiddling with the accountant and nobody can do their job and they feel like they need you all the time. And what's, what's even worse is, is that you feel like they need you as well. You have to do this. You have to do it because they can't do it without you. Well, the problem with that is, is that the company will only grow as, as far as you can handle it, as much as you can grow. So you, yeah, you become the bottleneck. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you write down everything you do on a day-to-day -day basis, you put that on the wall, and then you sit down with your team and you say, hey, where do you see yourself in this organization in the next two years? Now, if they say, I don't see myself here in two years, guess what? You just found yourself an opportunity to sell them on why they should be here for the next two years, especially if you want to keep them. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, those ambitious, talented individuals that are kicking butt, those are the ones that don't that you want to keep, right? That are probably going to say, I don't see myself here in two years. Okay, well, what do you want to do in two years? And let them paint that picture. And then you have the ability to sell them on how a little bit different picture can work for both of you. And then you have the ability to keep them. That's the goal is to keep them. So you keep them working inside your organization by giving them little extra things to do at a time. You got to give right? them a reason to stay. Right? Yeah. Now, I would say that with most business owners, they want to they, they probably have 20 things on stickies, right? Mm -hmm. 20 stickies on their wall. And imagine how annoying that is, is to have 20 stickies on your wall. It's pretty freaking annoying. And that's the point. So bottom line, you have each of those individuals come in. You probably narrow it down to maybe three to five. What I say is you can only keep one. Why? Because if I say you can have three to five, they're going to have 10. So you can only keep one. Pick one and, and then we can narrow it down to three to five. Usually works out. And then after that, it's just a matter of mentoring mentoring around and next thing you have a whole lot more free time you can leave for two months and by the time you come back who knows it might actually be better right i love that. left i love the principle and yeah. it's funny when most people set goals they go straight from why which you talked about the purpose into what do i need to do and they skip a step that i think is absolutely essential around achieving anything that it is that you want to go after which is who do i need to become who is it that i need to be in order to 
achieve the things that I want? What is it that they do, which is building out the pattern? And I, I love how you've broken this down to go purpose, pattern, principles. And then what is it that I need to do daily? And who, what is it that I need to believe about myself in order to achieve this? Yeah. So they need a purpose, but they also need somebody to follow. So you have an overall purpose that you're following on a regular basis, but you also need somebody that you're willing to take a bullet for. And the only time they're going to take a bullet for you is if they know in their heart of hearts that you will take a bullet for them. So that's what your objective is to constantly prove that. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A book that I wrote down here, which I've always loved, it was something that I got, I actually got to meet the author back in 2007, Matthew Kelly, the dream manager. And you talked about understanding the dreams of your people. So if you really want to see how this is done, go get that book. It's a fantastic book. It's a parable, which is even better. And it's written about a janitorial company because if you can create dreams within being a janitor, you can create dreams in any company possible. So it's a fantastic book. And I love that you do that. I know Tommy Mello, he implemented it as well in his mm -hmm. business and just understanding your people better. And what is it that they want to accomplish? What is it that they aspire for? 100%. And, and look, we could keep going on this conversation, I'm sure, but we're trying to keep our episodes short because <laughs> we've got a conference to go to. So we want to thank you for taking time out Absolutely. of the Proper Walking event to come on. Of course, if anybody who does want to get in touch with Power Selling Pros, let me pull this up here. You can reach them powersellingpros.com. You can reach out to Brigham at powersellingpros.com. And we'll also put the book, Something to Give, A Journey to Becoming a Leader Worth Following in the show notes so people can get that. I'm assuming it's on Amazon. So It is. So you can go to brighamdickinson.com as well to get the book. I will not get that typed in time, uh, <laughs> so, but we can make sure that that's in our show notes for after. So, but before we wrap up, we do have one last question here for you. What is one question that you wish people would ask you more, but don't? I love that question. I didn't say that's a great question. Did you know <laughs> Evan normally asks it, so you could have. <laughs> that one doesn't count though. It's our inner screen question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it and it doesn't happen very often, but I love it when they ask, I'm not sure I can keep my CSRs. Are you sure you can train them? Hmm. The reason why I love that question, and I probably can count on my fingers how many I've gotten it, is because this is the thing that motivates me. To be able to take a CSR from about to being let go to performing at an extremely high level, I mean, that's the coolest thing ever. So I wish I'd get more questions about whether or not we can take CSRs from where they're at, no matter where they're at, and where can we, and what, what can we do with them? Where can we take them? Because we've been able to do some amazing things with CSRs that just needed a little bit of direction from somebody other than the boss, right? Because your boss is like the dad, mm -hmm. right? Well, I'm the cool uncle. I come in, I say the same things just a little bit different way, and they think it's gold. And think, you know what? The same thing happens to everybody. My kids, they don't listen to a word I say. They roll their eyes at the time. Right. But if my brother comes in, says something just a little bit different, but it's the same thing, right? It's gold. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Mm -hmm. So I say that question. Hey, can you really train this team? Yes. We can train that team. And I wish more people would ask that. Love that question. Well, and something that I've said numerous times to anybody, even on our show, even our team, is we will repeat the same message over and over and over and over again to our internal team, to anybody else, because you're not ready to hear it until you're ready to hear it. And we learned this in Cutco when we we're doing Cutco. We learned it in Best Version Media when we we're doing the magazines. And it was like, why do you say the same thing over and over again? Because you don't hear it until like the 10th time. And then you finally have the light bulb where you try it. And you're like, yeah, I've told you that like 20 times. You don't ever say that to somebody <laughs> that way. But like told it to you 10 times, 15 times, 20 times. You finally just got it. And that's why sometimes that repeating ad nauseum, you think it's getting redundant, but they don't actually hear it until they're ready to hear it. Totally okay. true. Yeah. Well, appreciate you taking some time. You bet. Thanks for the no opportunity. Worries. And until next time. Cheers.
Well, that's a wrap on another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. Before you go, two quick things. First off, join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC Revealed. The other thing, if you took one tiny bit of information out of this show, no matter how big, no matter how small, all we ask is for you to introduce this to one person in your contacts list. That's it. That's all. One person. So they too can unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Until next time. Cheers.